that wasn't funny last night. What you will come off as is being a grown-up brat. Now, I don't want you to do this anymore, and I don't know how much clearer I can get that. It, it wasn't funny. It was a little boy crying wolf. I mean, it's a young little boy. He's 26, going on 27. And you're just going to look silly. I'm embarrassed for you. Plus, I'm also tired today, and I have a busy day. Welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we are delving into one mess of a show. We are revisiting the Tom Green Show, a man who once sang the song, Feel Your Balls, to the University of Florida. <laughs> oh, geez. Did he get invited to the university? Yeah. Wow. This was for like a public appearance for a charity. Oh, Wow. Which, I'll get into it later. I'm just going to let you stew on that one for a while and just... I mean, they had to know what they were getting themselves into. Yeah, and I think that it fits. <laughs> it fits with the personality of Mr. Tom Green. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so we're talking about Tom Green show, which it basically started in 1994 as like a cable access channel show in Ottawa, Canada. Yeah, he... Uh, He's originally from Canada, and he started the show because of a failed rap career. <laughs> guess I could have let off with that one. Yeah. yeah I guess <laughs> I could have let off with that one. He was part of a rap group called Organized Rhyme, where he went by MC Bones, <laughs> and they got dropped from their label, and he started filming stuff, and I guess that's where we get to this point. Wow. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't seem like a rapper. He doesn't seem like... Clearly, you didn't watch the show because he would have like rappers on his guests and oh, he would really? do stuff with them. He also, later on, started a rap group. This is like in the 2000s called <laughs> uh, the Keeping It Real Crew. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did not watch the Tom Green show. And I think I said last week that... I could maybe name one thing from the show. And now after like going back and watching these two episodes, I don't even think that's true because none of this is at all familiar to me. Not the theme song, nothing. What did you think you could recall from it? I mean, mostly just the bum bum song, I guess. But I don't know if that was actually part of the show or if that was just supplemental. I, I'm pretty sure it's supplemental. Well, we can get into the Bum Bum song later. There's a yeah. lot to go into there. <laughs> so we had the show. It started in 94. What happened after that? So in 1996, it started airing on the Comedy Network, which I guess is like a Canadian version of Comedy Central or something. And it was there for a couple years. And then it moved to or it was picked up by MTV in 1999. Yeah, I think before that, I know it was on Comedy Central before that. I think like in 97 or somewhere around there. Actual Comedy Central? Like our Comedy Central? Yep. Oh, I didn't Pretty sure it was that. on there for at least uh, 26 episodes on Comedy Central. I think you're mixing that up with Comedy Network. I'm going to look this up right now. <laughs> I don't have good reading comprehension skills. <laughs> okay, so it was on the Comedy Network for 26 episodes. Whatever. <laughs> You win some, you lose some, I guess. <laughs> I got the thing right with, uh, uh, what was the show? Oh, news radio. Oh, news radio. Yeah, I got, the, <laughs> I got the thing right with news radio. You get this. I get four even. Uh, yeah, so he moved to MTV in 1999, and that's when I think his popularity exploded. Uh, it ran until 2003 uh, on there. He hosted the show with two other guys, Glenn Humplick, who was the target of most of his shenanigans i guess in the studio and sometimes out of the studio uh and phil Giroux, who was the man in the window i don't know if you noticed oh, the yeah. guy behind i noticed there. that guy but i did not understand what was happening at all yeah like they would talk to him occasionally he would do stuff but they were his friends from from ottawa i mm -hmm. guess uh, i tried to look both of them up after they didn't really do much else like glenn only did this show and yeah. phil wrote some other stuff but you know, they that was pretty much it for them. <laughs> it was on MTV at a time when MTV actually had, you know, programs that it tried to 
to make that we're good. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that tr they tried to challenge people and, and come up with like original things. Uh, I think this is like around the time. I don't know if you ever watched the show Undressed. Um, I didn't watch it, but I know what it is. I think it was right around that time, right? Yeah, that it was like 99 right. or something like that, 2000, so yeah. same time. Yeah, so I don't know what MTV does now. I can't say that I've watched it in A lot of years. Teen Mom. Is that what channels that's on? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's depressing. <laughs> and it's not just like new Teen Mom stuff, it's like... And that still goes, like they just still follow these yes. same women around? Yes. Are they still teenagers? No. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe they were like 14. I, I don't know. How oh, no. I mean, this was, I don't know when they, that show started. I can't say that I've ever watched it. All I know is that there's teenagers and they had kids. And I don't know why someone's like, you know, it would be a good idea. <laughs> we should film this and probably glorify it. Yeah. No, I think they're probably like 24 or 25, something like that. Jesus. <laughs> their kid, maybe a little bit less than that. Their kids are like six. Six or seven. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. I only know this because my sister watches it at my parents' house, and if I'm there, then I see it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, Tom Green, the character that he plays on the show is, I, I think, like a parody of himself or just like... It's not just him. No. Well, he says it's not just him. Like, he said it got tiring know. playing Tom <laughs> Green, which we can get into later. Like, he would always have to be screaming at people and doing stuff. Like, I watched some of the little bits that he had from before. There's one where they were at, I think, just like some airport hotel and they were filming stuff. And there's this woman at, at you know, like the dais or whatever. Or not even dais. What is it? The, the mic stand. <laughs> it wasn't even a fucking dais up there. Uh, and he went up and asked if he could speak next. And he like went on about how he wanted to be voted as the grand wizard of their organization and all this stuff. And apparently he's like, I didn't really have anything planned. I just went up there to see if they would let me, but no one stopped me. So I just kept <laughs> rambling. And I feel like that's a lot of his comedy. Yeah. It's just him rambling until somebody stops him. Yeah. There was one of these videos that I watched, which I think is probably a pretty popular one. Cause I saw it referenced a couple times where he is following a pizza delivery guy to somebody's house. And when he, pulls up at somebody's house he gets out too and is like trying to sell this family a cheaper pizza and he's like what toppings do you want and he pulls out like a tackle box and the family there's like get the fuck out of here and they're like chasing <laughs> him away with a hammer <laughs> god did you see the one where he put uh he put a severed cow's head into his parents bed no but i did read that yeah he said they liked the, the Godfather, so he wanted to do a tribute. Um, and so he's just like quoting the Godfather the whole time as he carries this giant thing like over his shoulder and puts it in his parents' room at like three in the morning. And his parents are like the just calmest people about it. <laughs> they were just, they're very Canadian about it. Like, <laughs> oh, you're going to make the bed sheets all bloody. You better get it out of here. Oh, like man. his dad's clearly pissed and his mom just like, I'm fucking done with this. <laughs> but he's quoting Godfather the whole time. He's like, oh, Don Corleone sends his regards. Oh, Luca Brasi sweet sleeping with the fishes and all this, this, all this stuff. Oh, boy. And it reminds me a lot of uh, shows that came after that, you know, kind of copied him, especially stuff with like Bam Margera always yeah. messing with his parents. Yeah, I liked Bam's parents. <laughs> yeah, basically everything about Tom Green... His show himself was centered around stunts. I don't know if you also read about his time with Drew Barrymore. I did know that they were married. Yeah, so they were married only for about five months. But prior to getting married, they were together for like a year, then were engaged for maybe like a year or something like that. And he was hosting Saturday Night Live and said that he and Drew Barrymore were going to get married at the end of it. But then she like left and so it was just him at the end and people were like so was this a thing that was going to happen and she got cold feet or was this just a thing that they were saying <laughs> all publicity is good publicity right yeah. <laughs> i guess yep <clears throat> but he was like a pretty big cultural like icon around the turn of the century though like there was there's a lot of stuff with him he, whether it was controversies or just people like confused by him <laughs> very confused yeah disgusted disgusted might have been it i don't know i think people just didn't know what to make of him 
Yeah, I mean, I mainly knew him from his really small role on Charlie's Angels as Chad, which was when he was with Drew Barrymore. The Chad. I don't remember him in that movie, but also I don't remember. I know who was in it. It's like her, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think Bill Murray, wasn't he? Was he? Fuck, I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see it. I just know oh. who was in it. For some reason, I really liked that movie. <laughs> Anyway. You know, I have so many <laughs> questions with movies when it comes to you. Gosh. Uh, he was also in Road Trip. I never saw that. <laughs> See? Now, Stealing Harvard? Nope. They were stupid teen movies. You know, whatever. Uh, he was in a movie called Shred. That was like in 2008. Oh, wow. I think it was a snow... It better be a snowboarding movie, otherwise I don't know what it is. Yeah. And then uh-huh. he had his most... Famous movie role, right? We can get into Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, why not? Let's just get that out of the way now. <laughs> because I I saw Freddy Got Fingered in theaters. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know how. I was not <laughs> old enough. It was it was rated R. Were you know. with your parents? No, I saw it with my friend Cecil Queen, <laughs> who I haven't seen since... That t- that day? Like, then. <laughs> eighth, I haven't seen him since eighth grade. <laughs> Wait, when did... Yeah. That was about the time. What year did the movie come out? April 2001. Yeah, that was eighth grade for me. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the movie came out in April 2001. I was at the end of my eighth grade year. Somehow, I think my friend Cecil's parents, like, took us and bought tickets. And, like, I distinctly remember just wondering how somebody let me see this movie <laughs> when I was in it. Like, I, I wasn't a very aware person i was pretty <laughs> probably naive and i was just watching them like my parents would fucking kill me if they found out i watched this movie just <laughs> so just they, there's a part where he bites like the umbilical cord of a newborn baby and like swings it around i'm horrified right now yeah it's weird <laughs> uh, but he gives the baby to the mom at the end like he like, hands it over to her that's good uh, at least <laughs> the premise of the movie is that he Tom Green is a guy named Gord, who is a struggling cartoonist, and he's trying to make an animated show and pitch it to like these Hollywood executives, and he doesn't have a job and all this stuff, and his dad is played by Rip Torn, of all people, and his mom, so it has Julie Haggerty as his mother, uh, she's also, you know, Elaine from Airplane, and she's in a lot of old comedies and stuff, Anthony Michael Hall is also in it. Like really? Yeah. He plays a character named Dave Davidson because why not? Right. Shaq is also in it as himself. So that's maybe why you saw it. No, I'm pretty sure I saw it for Tom Green. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. Drew Barrymore is also in it because they were together at this point. <laughs> she is a receptionist. Why Big not? Big role for her. Yeah. The movie is bad. Um, Tom Green himself described it as like porn with murder. Okay. It won five Razzies. Appropriate. Yep. And he is the first performer to ever go and accept his Razzies in person. (laughs) At least he did that. You know, he had a good sense of humor about it, I guess. Yep. He went and got it. The name of the movie comes because he accuses somebody of fingering his younger brother. There's so much wrong with this movie. It sounds like it. I'm really glad I have never seen it. But I still, to this day, have like two lines that just go over the, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Over and over. Stuck in my head. I, like, I'll just say it randomly when I'm just walking around. Uh, and the, Sing it to yourself. Yeah. And then the, on the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man, the backwards man. That one's in my head, too. Don't know why. I don't know that I had ever heard those clips before you showed them to me. You live a sheltered life, Katie. It's true. At least sheltered from movies. From <laughs> movies, yeah. Uh, but he, Tom Green actually takes offense to people saying that it was a bust. He says he has a theory about why it did so poorly in theaters. He thinks that people were buying tickets to go see Crocodile Dundee and then sneaking in to see his movie. Oh, like they weren't allowed to see it like kids? Yep. So he's saying that the Crocodile Dundee returns were way higher than people ever anticipated, and his movie was lower, but 
he says that he can't go anywhere like in English speaking countries without somebody coming up to him and saying the daddy, would you like some sausage line? <laughs> uh, it's like, so I think that people uh, watched it. That seems like a pretty plausible theory. Yeah. As far as theories go, it's not crazy. No. <laughs> so that's the movie. And the movie, I feel like he got to make that movie because he was so popular at the time. Yeah. And someone, I mean, that's the only reason why it would have. Yeah. He says he never meant to offend anyone with the movie. He was just joking around. Oh, geez. Well-meaning, but yeah. in execution, you know how it goes. Let's talk about an episode. Okay. The thing with both of these episodes is I have no idea if they have titles. I have no idea when they came out. I don't know how to tell people what they are other than giving direct links. Yeah. <laughs> the first one that we're going to go is from season one on MTV. It's episode four. Okay. So this is like the... MTV ones, because yeah. at the very end, it says 1998, which was before MTV. Um, I think that MTV just like bought a lot of the ones that he had. OK. Yeah, I don't I know that they both came out in 1999. I just know that much when in 99. I don't know. Yeah. And they both say like copyright 1998. So that yeah. was partially why I was not sure. So, yeah, like Drew just said, one is episode four and the other is episode 10. Yep. Season two, episode 10. Oh, for the season second two. One. Got it. So I don't even know where to start with these episodes. Like this first episode starts where Tom Green is interviewing two guys on the street. And here is what I wrote down. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) I mean, okay. So the premise of the show just follows like Tom Green. It's almost like a talk show with sketches in her you know, interspersed through it. Yeah. Like he has a studio audience and stuff, but then most of it's just these sketches, which are videos he either did beforehand or at that time. And a lot of them are like the man on the street sort of thing where he's interviewing people. Some of them are just like following him doing stupid shit. Yeah. Most of them are following him doing stupid shit. I mean, that's what this one is. So in this first part, like he's interviewing these two guys and one of them says he's a comedian and he asks, him to tell a joke and I couldn't understand more than like two words of what this guy said. And then he starts like singing a Frank Sinatra song and he's like crouching down low and Tom Green is like right up behind him, like touching him basically also crouching. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but also I guess expected. For the yeah. Show. I just, saw this and I was like, I'm going to hate this entire next hour of my life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the shows were only 23 minutes. It was only 46 minutes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, I may have taken a break in between. Actually, I did start watching the second episode that we watched last night and I made it eight minutes in. And you were just like, you know what? I need to see something better. Yeah. (laughs) I turned on how I met your mother. Of course. (laughs) So after this weirdness, we go to the opening credits where I was expecting that maybe I had at least seen this part and I don't remember this at all. And the mask that he's wearing is (laughs) horrifying. I did. Okay. So I remember the song for the theme song. (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't remember the video at all. And I was like, this is not what I pictured anymore. (laughs) Yeah. He's like wearing this really crazy looking mask that has teeth on it around where his actual mouth is. And then these really weird eyes. I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like freaky. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, (laughs) And the part that I remember is just the beginning was this is the Tom Green show. It's not the Green Tom show. This is my favorite show because it is my show. That's that's pretty much your theme song there, people. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness. And then we go to what was probably the second most disturbing part of this whole experience for me. The Canterbury Tales? The Canterbury Tales, (laughs) which that's the title that flashes across the screen at the beginning of this. Tom Green is wearing a dress. I think it's a pink dress. Yeah, something. (laughs) And a blonde wig. And he's dragging something around on a string. I think they're skulls. I'm pretty sure they're skulls. Skulls? They looked like skulls to me. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like animal heads or what. 
I don't know. He was acting possessed. He was grunting. He goes into a fountain. Someone is eating at a restaurant outside and pours wine into his mouth. Yeah. He, like, just passes out and, like, convulses on the ground. And then he lights them on fire and, like, all this stuff. It's a pretty fucking weird thing. He's spraying the fire extinguisher on himself. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Spraying the fire extinguisher. And then he, like, sprays the fire extinguisher like it's his dick later on. It's a, yeah. It was really weird. I had literally no idea what was going on. I didn't know why it was called the Canterbury Tales. Nope, didn't get that. I was like, oh, as I first watched it, I'm like, this will be good. Something literature related. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely not. And then we go to the sketch. I'm just going to call it a sketch. I don't know if that's what they're really called. That made me feel so sorry for his, this is what I wrote, poor, poor, poor parents. <laughs> <laughs> the 3 a.m. wake up. Yeah, fire in parents' bed, 3 a.m. Yeah. So we have like a voiceover where Tom's mom, whose name is Mary Jane, is talking on the phone to Tom saying that he needs to stop doing this. He's 26 going on 27. He's not a little boy. She says that she's embarrassed for him. All this stuff. Meanwhile, we're just seeing Tom going into their room at three in the morning with a fire extinguisher that he just starts spraying on their bed. He claims that he was dreaming and woke up and thought their bed was on fire. Yeah, so he ran over there to save their lives. Well, next time if there's a fire and I save your lives, you won't be telling me to shut up. <laughs> Thank you, your lucky stars, you have a son like me who comes to save your lives in the middle of the night with a fire extinguisher. But uh, they, get some, they get some retribution. Yeah, they do. When they're in the studio, when Tom and, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Glenn. Glenn. When they're in the studio, his parents come down from the studio audience and they're wearing like goggles and stuff and then have fire extinguishers that they just start spraying and they have a fire extinguisher war, you know, normal stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So they get some payback there. But yeah, his parents didn't yell or anything like that. They basically were just like annoyed the whole time. They were just annoyed Canadians. Yeah. So this is what reminded me of Bam from Jackass. Yeah. You can definitely see where he probably like took some of his ideas from Tom Green for that sort of thing. Yeah. Because Bam's dad, like he always just kind of goes along with whatever's happening and his mom too. Yeah. They seem to have a similar dynamic. Definitely do. Like a lot, I feel like a lot of things with like Jackass and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. Like, all of his stuff is very similar to what Tom Green did. Like, the guerrilla videotaping of, like, these pranks and different stuff. And yeah, just stupid shit in the streets. Oh, man. Because Jackass started up uh, when the Tom Green show was on an hiatus. Yeah, it was, like, a few months after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely kind of took over that role. Yep. So one of the things in this episode is also where he, like, is dragging a vacuum cleaner through the park. <laughs> uh, I feel like Tom Green and I don't know if they're writers on the show. Let's be clear. I think it's just Tom Green has two buddies. Yeah. They're just like, what can we do that people would look at me and think the fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> and I actually thought this was going to be worse than it was. He was really just being a menace that is being observed. He wasn't really interacting with people. So what he does with this vacuum cleaner is he throws it into the lake or whatever body of water this is. And there's people driving these like toy boats there. And the guy's like, these are expensive boats. You have to go away. That was basically the only interaction that he has with people during this whole thing. Other than that, he just says that he's trying to fish. He's trying to fish for the vacuum cleaner shark. And vacuum cleaner sharks eat vacuum. Yeah, there was a there was an interview where he talked about like how he didn't want he didn't feel comfortable when people would get like hurt by the pranks or things like that, I guess. Yeah. It was just more he wanted the reactions to stuff not to like interfere in their lives mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think that kind of is apparent through most of these. Like he doesn't like in the Canterbury Tales when yeah, he's dragging around those things, but he's not like attacking people with them or stuff. He's just near them with it. Yeah, in all of these, he's really just near people. But yeah, I 
guess I was glad that it wasn't more invasive than it was yeah. because I was a little bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to the studio and this is where he's interviewing a guy about something called Vandex, which is like an epoxy product type thing. And I have two questions and you probably don't even really know the answers to these, but this is what I was thinking while I was watching this. Let's hear it. One, is this a real person who really makes and sells this? I'm guessing yes. And two, why did he agree to come on this show? Because based on the next episode, it seems like this is a recurring thing that Tom Green does. I think that he was able to get people early on to come on, like basically saying like, Hey, this is a talk show. We would like to, you know, focus on local blah, blah, blahs or stuff like that. Yeah. To try and get people on. Uh, I know that one thing he said is like after the show became more popular, it became harder for him to do like this oh, stuff on okay. the streets. That makes sense then. So he had to focus on like the elderly or <laughs> people who didn't speak English. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Cause he basically just starts climbing the furniture around this guy. He's like perched on the back of the couch right behind him. He like has his legs wrapped around him. It was just very awkward. Yeah. I'm surprised that these people didn't leave. Like yeah. when they're being interviewed, like, you know what? <laughs> we're good. <laughs> they needed the publicity. I guess so. Or maybe they were like <laughs> told they wouldn't get paid if they left early. Or maybe that. So the next thing is he's like working at a table and the power goes out. And when it comes back on, he has rags tied around his feet. And he transforms into a superhero called Burning Feet Man. <laughs> uh, so there was a couple different times in the show I know when he like would be just a random superhero. Oh, really? Yeah. It took me a little bit to figure out what was going on. Even when it said on the screen, burning feet man, I was like, I don't get it. And then I realized when he was like trying to help people that he was pretending to be a superhero. When it's, he's like, no more litter and burns the litter on his burning feet. <laughs> I've noticed how upset you are by this piece of litter. No more litter. No more litter. What be burn the litter? Ah, litter, litter all gone. We're all gone. The litter is all gone. The litter is all gone. Give me, give Have no fear. Burning feet man is here. It's one of those things that's like so ridiculous to think about that somebody wanted to make this into an episode or a character or something. His pants were literally on fire. Yeah. So I don't know why he was like, I, I just don't know why. That's it. Yeah. I don't have a response. I just don't know why. Yeah. I mean, the jackass guys do similar things. So maybe this is, again, something that inspired them with their pranks. But it just seemed pointless. And he seemed like he was in genuine pain at points. <laughs> Probably. I mean... <laughs> I don't think he was wearing, like, flame retardant stuff under it. No, he cut off whatever was on his feet, and he just had, like, bare feet underneath. Yeah. It just looked like it was duct tape or something like that. I have no idea. And then we have something where my face the entire time was just horrified. You should have been here to see it because you would have laughed but Sarah would have wanted you to do a reaction video. That's, I guess so. We should have done it for this one. <laughs> I should have at least sent you guys a Snapchat or something of me watching this. But Tom is talking about making models like, you know, people make model planes, model ships. And he decides that, you know, you don't have to just follow what's in this box. You can use your imagination and use the materials that are around you. And he decides he's going to build a cow brain boat. And then we see four actual cow heads on like a beach somewhere. And yeah, this is where <laughs> I was just like, I can't even with this show. I don't I don't want to go on to the next episode. I was so scared about what was going to be in the next one. For the second one, I almost picked the episode where he has his parents on for I think it's like their 30th anniversary or something like that. And the conversation, he turns it into, like, a conversation about their sex lives. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so in this one, he starts beating these cow heads because he needs to get the brains out for his boat. 
and he's beating them with a bat. Then he starts, like, kissing one of the cows on the mouth. Yeah, that seems to be a recurring thing, too, is kissing dead animals. Just yeah. Scatological stuff, too. Just weird stuff. Just, yeah, just yeah. weird. He says, that's the sound of model making. And he's, like, reaching into these cow heads, pulling the brains out. I'm going to place the brains on top of the plastic. Homeboy's at home been saying, you know, he said, how's homeboy going to make some boat out of some brains? You put the brains on the plastic, and then you put a little bit of plastic around the side like this. How you make that plastic stick to the brains? The gasoline, do you know what I mean? You melt the plastic to the meat. Then what you got is an airtight seal of that meat in there in the plastic you put that in the water it float away easy does it which surprisingly works <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> again i just don't have much of a response to most of the stuff like, yeah it leaves me speechless yeah he puts a sail on this plastic brain thing and some little toy soldiers puts it in the water and he successfully made a cow brain boat model, I guess. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. And then we have a band called Scratching Post that plays during the credits, and the episode is over, and thank fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts. What's, what was your first thought when you started watching the episode? My first thought was when they were interviewing those two guys and I didn't understand a thing that they were saying I was like this is gonna be a long episode if like this is what it is because I didn't remember anything I didn't know that there were like going to be like all these sketches and stuff necessarily like I didn't know how much of it was gonna be studio versus how much was gonna be like this so okay uh I think when I was watching it the first thing I thought was yeah this is about what I remember <laughs> I did have one positive thing to say. Go on. And that was good for him for making a relatively successful show with pretty basic equipment. Yeah. Uh, their, <laughs> their budget was nothing. Yeah. And he was, I don't even think he was relatively successful. He was successful yeah. with it. Like, But I mean, in Canada, was he also successful? Um, it was on public access in Canada. And then that Comedy Central like station. Yeah. So I don't know. Apparently, I thought it was going to be central. So I don't know. My <laughs> reading skills are poor. So, yeah, I because of that one good aspect of it, we'll give it 0 0.5 fire extinguishers. OK, <laughs> uh, so I think that this show is ridiculous, clearly. And I I don't even know. I don't have an. It just left me speechless so many times when I was just like, the thought behind this was what? Uh, and so for this one, I'm going to give it one Canterbury Tale <laughs> out of five. Yeah, the thought process, that's a good point because it didn't seem like there was any thought process. It just... Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> so moving on a little bit. So the show actually led to some other successes for Tom Green, including the song, the Bum Bum Song, which you mentioned earlier, real title, Lonely Swedish. My bum is on the rail, bum is on the rail, look at me. My bum is on the rail, my bum is on the man, bum is on the man. It's a lot of fun to put your bum on a man. My bum is on the step, bum is on the step. Don't fall down the step, you might hurt your bum. Which... Almost fucked up Total Request Live for a while. Well, here's what I read. And maybe you read something different. The song did reach number one on Total Request Live. But after five days, he announced that he was retiring it. Did you see why? He said it's not fair to 98 degrees. Is that all you found, though? No, I found something else, but you can go ahead. So the show... Total Request Live, for those of you that didn't watch it and apparently had no television in the late 90s, early 2000s, was a show that went on every day. And it wasn't it in Times Square. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Times Square. It was hosted by Carson Daly, and it showed all the top most requested videos, music videos from that day. I watched it basically every day. Yeah, everyone did. From everyone like 1997 it. on. 
like you wanted to see what was gonna be number one. You want to see your video. You want to see your songs on there too, and like so much uh, corn. Freak on a leash. Corn was on there so much, and Limp Biscuit. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna look back on Limp Biscuit as like a sad time. In his, <laughs> like the Rage Against the Machine guys have said that they're sorry that they popularized like the trip hop sort of music stuff because it led to Limp Biscuit existing. Oh, that's really? a legitimate thing that's been said. <laughs> wow. And I like Rage Against the Machine, but they didn't do it all for the nookie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I remember a lot of Backstreet Boys being on it. Oh, yeah, definitely that. Uh, you know, like the video. Uh, which one is the one where they're in the airplane hangar? Mm, I was more of an NSYNC fan. Oh, goodness gracious. It's upsetting that I don't remember what. <laughs> I want it that way. Oh, it is that one? That's yeah. the one that I was thinking about, but I didn't think that it was that one. I've been thinking about that one a lot because of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Have you seen the opening part where they did the... No, I saw a picture when they announced that Brooklyn Nine-Nine was canceled. Can we take a quick pause to have you watch this really quick? Sure. This is... Okay, so I have seen that clip now. I don't even know where we were. (laughs) Total Request Live. Total Request Live. Backstreet Boys. NSYNC. Britney Spears. Ah. (laughs) Anyway, so at the time, Tom Green got Lonely Swedish. He released it on his show and then he gave out like free MP3 download to people and told like everyone to request it and all his followers and like everyone did. And it went to number one on Total Request Live. And then MTV asked them to retire it. What I read was from Tom Green's autobiography called Hollywood Causes Cancer that MTV had pressured him to retire it in order to maintain the image that Total Request Live was, in fact, a live show. Yeah, because the next week it was not going to be live. They had already uh, videotaped and recorded all of it, and they just put an order that they thought people would be pleased with for the the videos. (laughs) Because Carson Daly was like in Seattle or something. Oh, really? Uh, That might not be true. (laughs) (laughs) He just picked a city, (laughs) which is the city we're in. (laughs) Yeah, he was on the West Coast. Who knows? Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They had him do that because his song would have been not on it because they didn't know about the song yet. And so he's like, oh, we got to do this. And you said, what is it? Out of fairness to 98 degrees. Yeah. So the, what, what song would they have had at the time? Like, I Do, that song was terrible. <laughs> Did you watch the Bum Bum Song music video? I have seen it. Have you watched it recently? No. Did you know that it was filmed in Seattle? No. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just knew that it came about because in one of his segments on his show, he was like on a cruise ship or something. So he wrote the song while he was on MTV's Spring Break. And fittingly, the video was filmed in Seattle's waterfront. Nice. I did not know that. So there's like the Argosy boats and stuff like that. And yeah, it was all filmed there. And the Swedish part of Lonely Swedish is Swedish Hospital. My mom is on the Swedish, 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 Swedish. No shit. Yeah. He puts his bum on the Swedish hospital sign. I did not know that. I guess I should, if I would have watched it again recently, (laughs) then I would have got that. I just knew that the Eminem, uh, like ripping it in uh, the real Slim Shady yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. My bum is on your lips. My bum is on your lips. And if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss. The lonely part of Lonely Swedish referred to when his bum is not on something, then that something is lonely. So the Swedish sign was lonely. And now it's not because his bum <laughs> is on there. Yep. And then going along with this whole Seattle thing, the day after they filmed that video is when Tom Green swam across Lake Washington. I remember that happening. Yeah. And even then, when I hadn't ever been here, I was like, I feel like other people have done that, right? Yeah. I didn't research that part of this. I mean, I don't know people who do it regularly, for sure. It's pretty wide. It is, but it's not. It took him two hours to do. Like, he swam it north and south or east no, and west? No, he swam from Magnuson Park to Kirkland. So, from... Okay. He went west to east. I don't know. I feel like if I trained enough, I could easily do it. Yeah, if you train. He didn't train. <laughs> I don't know. I still feel like I could do it. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe I'm just thinking because, like, I was down in... I'm, I'm thinking of being by... Uh, where Mercer Island is. I guess I'm not thinking of going all the way across yeah, to Bellevue. Yeah. Whatever. I still think it's doable. <laughs> Other people have had to have done it. Yeah. So he 
he had an actual like press conference for this. And if you watch the video that was aired on the show, there's like Cairo 7 news footage and somebody from Q13 News interviews him. Lisa Myers from Q13 reports at 10. Yes. Mr. Green, I'm wondering what you'll do if you get too tired to make it to the other side. Clearly, Lisa wasn't listening to the speech today. <laughs> there is absolutely no chance, Lisa, that this man is going to get too tired. Are you planning to drown, sir? Lisa has asked if I'm planning to drown. <laughs> do you have wax in your ears, Lisa? I just talked for 15 minutes about I'm swimming across the lake. All right. Thank you very much. Oh, goodness. And then, yeah, it takes him two hours to get across. He comes back to the Magnuson side in a boat and says, I kicked Lake Washington's ass and everybody's cheering and I believe I can fly plays. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) I'm going to have to watch that video later. Yeah. No, that one actually was the only good thing that came out of this entire experience for me. Whatever. (laughs) So the next episode... Episode 10. You said this was season two. Season two, episode 10, according to the internet. Okay. It was also filmed in 1998 as far as the copyright goes at the end. Who but, knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one has something called Fun with Science. And he is being a scientist and trying to see how long it takes for the body to process 18 liters of grape juice. So he basically has two sparklets water jugs, one that's filled with grape juice. The other one is empty and he's going to drink the grape juice and then pee into the other one and see how long that takes. Come in close. Don't be shy. We're having fun with science. We'll learn about digestion and we'll have some fun at the same time. This device is attached to my penis. Okay. And it's time for another release. Oh, careful there. Oh, it's okay. That's okay. I've got... Plenty of those. The urine comes through that into a tube, okay? You can hold it, you can touch that. Oh, this this one is a clean one. This one hasn't been used. This is a clean one. This is just to demonstrate. We're having fun with science. Yeah, he's explaining to these passers-by about, like, the tubes and things that are attached to his penis and all this stuff. Yeah. And And the condom that is good for if you like the feel of condoms but want to have a baby. Yeah, I actually (laughs) thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) We've got these special condoms for people that like to have sex with condoms on but also want to have children. (laughs) I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, The other one I liked is when he's talking to, like, the dad and kids. Yeah. And the dad's like, oh, she's just shy. He's like, are you nervous? It's okay to be nervous when there's someone in a lab coat with a bottle of pee. Yeah. I also thought it was funny when so all these people are watching him literally pee through a tube into this bucket and when he like starts peeing they'll clap yeah that was weird like they were watching like yeah. intently oh my god <laughs> oh my god uh, oh my god uh, warranted Thank you. Like there were two girls, like maybe like early 20s girls who were like crouched down watching him pee. Yeah. And he was like, don't look up the lab coat. <laughs> uh, that, it was kind of weird. But hey, you know, and then what was it? The dad said something along the lines of, uh, oh, do you want me to help you fill it? Yeah. And he's like, I don't think we can film that and put it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Self-aware. Yeah. And then we cut to the studio where he and, what's the guy's name again? He's playing tic-tac-toe with Glenn Humplick. Yeah, so they're playing tic-tac-toe, but they're playing like giant tic-tac-toe where they're playing on people's heads. Yeah, with paint, it looks like. Yeah, paint. So they have these nine audience members that are wearing shower caps and goggles, and they have a giant plastic sheet around them so that they don't get paint on themselves and yeah they're gonna like do the x's and o's on the shower caps and i think tom plays the dumb guy clueless guy and like loses on purpose and then he starts yelling at the audience member yeah i'll just put my uh my uh oh right there there you go see it's still uh still a. oh my god (laughs) you're not supposed to let him put the x on your head there you go there you go once again Supposed to! You weren't supposed to let him put that! What? It's. 
You weren't supposed to let him put the X on your head. Oh. You, you told me before Tom. the show you weren't going to put the X on his head. Tom. What am I supposed to do? She said she wouldn't put the X. Put the X. Put the X on it. He's yelling for a while. Yeah. And then he like puts something on them. Like it wasn't. It looks like sawdust, honestly. Yeah, it was something weird. And he, he's like also spraying them with paint, like yeah. taking the paint bottle and just like spraying it on them. Yeah. And they seem to be fucking digging it. Like yeah. they're all like, oh, oh yay. <laughs> Hooray. Audience participation. It's like a Gallagher show. <laughs> uh. Yep. And then he is ranting and everything. And then he sees that, oh, my God, one of the fishes died. He has and, a desk full of fishes. Yeah, in a very shallow tank. Right. It was like six inches deep. Yeah. And he picks up... It's a big fish. It's got to be at least like 10 inches long, right? Yeah. He picks up this fish and tries to like resuscitate it. He has his mouth all over it. Yep, he French kisses this fish. Yeah. More kissing animals. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Good times. Uh, we have a couple other sketches where he's just like a man on the street. He's talking to some random people about cheese. Uh, then he does a recurring character called Hockey Guy. Oh, that was a recurring thing? That is a recurring one where... Oh, is like, that why there's like the thing at the end where yeah. it's like, Hey, Hockey Guy, don't you have some hockey equipment you should be wearing? Yeah. I was like, he is wearing hockey equipment. Yeah, he keeps like <laughs> jumping and falling over. And my favorite part of that part was when he was like around those kids and he was just talking and then, like, this kid just like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. That kind of reminded me a little bit of that pizza delivery sketch where people were, like, legitimately annoyed with him being there. <laughs> oh, God. He does some weird foreign culture, like, correspondence bit. This I didn't really one, get that one. This one made me really uncomfortable because... So he's playing, like, a reporter named Jim Cab, and there's a narrator who's, like, talking about the noble Frenchman that... Jim has met and he's not French. And in fact, I would say he's probably mentally handicapped. I couldn't tell. I, I think it was. I, it seemed like he was just, I don't know if he's mentally handicapped. I think he might've just been like a homeless person who had some sort of, uh, I don't know, instability. Yeah. I also wrote down, maybe he's drunk. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But this guy had pooped his pants and there was poop on his shoe from it running down his leg. Yeah. I, it felt exploitive. I get that. Yeah, it was weird. I kind of stopped paying attention for a while in that part because it was like, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, one small win in this part is that the Frenchman, I did air quotes, he starts to like do some graffiti vandalism yeah. and Tom comes up and like cleans it. Yeah. S stops him and starts wiping it off. Yeah. And good thing, because there was a police car in the street. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, like, zoom in partially on this police car, oh. and then the police car goes away. But, yeah. The moral of that story was, we are not yet ready to mingle with foreign cultures. Anyway. I feel like Trump would like that one. Yeah. That one, that one felt odd to me. It made me uncomfortable. Maybe that was the point. It I probably guess. was the point. Yeah. Uh, he interviews another person about motors. It's, it was about ceiling fans. Ceiling fans. Yeah. I only heard them talking about motors and then I spaced. Yeah, it was, they were talking about the motor for the ceiling fan. Cause before that they were like talking about wood okay. for the blades. Gotcha. But yeah, he offers the woman some bottle caps, like that bottle cap candy. And yep. when she's accepts it, he starts screaming and grabs a fish from that shallow tank yeah. and i thought he was going to squeeze it to death yeah you could see the fish wriggling pretty yeah. hard there uh, it made me very nervous yeah so that was an, another weird one don't know why she didn't leave again no don't and know. yeah this was another one where he's like climbing on the furniture behind her then we come to a skit that katie liked a well least. relatively here's what i wrote I guess I kind of liked this part as much as anyone can t like a Tom Green sketch anyway. It's okay to admit that you liked it. <laughs> He's the duster. Yeah. So he, his job is dusting electronic equipment at a store, but he says, it's not just a job. It's a hobby. It's his life. And he likes to challenge himself with dusting, like by going to the forest and dusting trees and... The main thing that I liked from this, there were two things. 
was when the duster feather, it's like bright yellow, bright orange feather gets like stuck in the tree bark. And he's like, oh, got to take this. Otherwise someone will come out here and wonder what kind of bird was here. People don't realize. Oh, if you leave those stuck in the trees, naturalists and stuff come along and go, oh, what kind of bird was here? Killer can you uh, and gotta, then gotta watch out for the bird watchers. <laughs> and then he's like dusting in hard to reach places like the base of this small cliff. And he says the forest has dust all over. So it's actually not really a challenge. The challenge is finding places that don't have a lot of dust, like hospitals and embassies. So he goes to the embassy and I think it was El Salvador. Yeah, it's something weird. I don't know why <laughs> embassies of all things. But I don't know. Whatever. He just wanted to go to this embassy, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, you have to be careful not to get caught. So you have to wear dark clothing and go at night or they'll shoot you. <laughs> and then he meets another person who is also dusting the embassy. It's okay that you liked it. <laughs> it didn't have anything gross, okay? Yeah. It didn't have anything gross. It didn't have any, like, shaming of people. That's fair. It wasn't a prank. So I guess that's the main thing. I hate pranks, like legitimately hate pranks. So that's probably a big reason why I don't like this show. Okay. Like hidden camera shows are the worst for me. So you don't like impractical jokers? What's that? Uh, It's a bad show. Oh, Um, punked made me very uncomfortable. Even that Betty White prank show. I didn't even know she had one. She had one a couple of years ago where it's like all these old people pulling pranks on people. Nice. Um, yeah, I just, I can't do it. I hate pranks. Um, to some degree, I don't mind doing them as long as they like aren't, you know, messing mean with people spirit. too much. Yeah. Like my friend Mariana and I, we probably spent three hours at work one day right before April Fool's Day doing pranks to different people's desks, like photocopying people's pictures and then drawing on them and putting that at the front and making everything on somebody's bookshelf upside down. Oh, you, you (laughs) demons. I don't know if I should be admitting this because we never confessed to it. Yeah. Maybe you cut that. (laughs) So there's a couple other skits to round it off. One where actually there's just one other. Oh, that was the skinny pig thing. Yeah. Was that all the last one? There's a whole thing with skinny pigs and like some guys that stole sawdust. I don't know. It wasn't for me. Yeah. I wrote, this was mostly just odd. Didn't find it funny. Didn't find it cringeworthy either. It was just kind of there. They're basically just confessing to the fact that they stole some wood chips for their skinny pig, which is a hairless skinny pig. Yeah. So. So that's our second episode. Yeah. Spinecracker is the <laughs> band that plays during the credits. And then it's over. Thank God. Actually, this one was a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I liked, I liked this one more. I liked the fun with science. I liked the tic tac toe. I liked hockey guy, and I did like the dusting bit. I mainly just really didn't like the Frenchman part. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was surprised that I didn't find the pee thing more disgusting, but I, I think know. he approached it in an okay way. It it was kind of funny. And it was people's reactions that were also the good part of it. Like, if people were not playing along with it and were actually, like, annoyed, I probably would have liked that less. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. But everyone that they had in there seemed pretty... Yeah, like yeah. when they're clapping. Um, so I liked this episode more than the first one. I also feel like Tom Green doesn't get enough credit as kind of spearheading the the type of show that Jackass became and Bam Margera had and... Sasha Baron Cohen and like when I think about shows that are similar to this one now, but like for today, I suppose. I don't know if you ever watched Nathan for you. No. Nathan Fielder is fucking hilarious. He just has like this. He he plays like the same sort of character, like this like clueless guy and stuff, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It just seems similar to it in at least spirit, I guess. Hmm. I'm going to give this episode two and a half. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. What? Part of it is points for legacy here, points for <laughs> doing all this, but two and a half condoms for people who want to have children <laughs> out of five. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, I like this one a little bit better than the other one. Not that much better. <laughs> My goodness. Um, I still think that it had a lot of stuff that I did not like and a lot of stuff that frankly was kind of boring. Like we skipped over a bunch of stuff. So I am going to give this one one bright orange feather dusters. All right. That's fair. Out of five. A couple other things about Tom Green here. Um, most people know that he had a bout with testicular cancer. Um, he took some time off hiatus from his show, uh, when this happened and this was in about 2000, I think is when it was kind of going on. He actually made a special about it called the Tom Green cancer special. It aired in 2000 and it was famous for including graphic footage of his surgery. Yeah, I did not watch this. I did not watch it at all. I do not. I'm really squeamish. (laughs) I I didn't watch it either, but I just know that that was in there. Um, And it was actually praised pretty well for like showing his real reaction to, you know, like this news of getting cancer and Mm -hmm. how he went through it and how his family went through it. And he did a lot of good stuff uh, for it, including starting Tom Green's Nuts Cancer Fund to help with cancer research. Uh, and this is where the song Feel Your Balls came into play <laughs> because he was talking to the University of Florida and talking about checking out for testicular cancer. So he had the song Feel Your Balls. And he wouldn't have been that old when this was going on either. No, he was born in 1971, so he would have been 29. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so that is crazy. I don't think I would have been able to handle that as well. At the beginning of the special, though, his cancer special, he sings a line from the Bum Bum song. <laughs> my, bu- my bum is on the cheese. My bum is on the cheese. Maybe if I'm lucky, I'll get a disease. And then it cuts to him and he says, well, I guess I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I did read that. And they mention getting a disease from cheese in the second episode that we watched, too. We just glazed over it. But yeah, uh, a recurring thing for him, I guess. Yep. So that was that was his bout uh, with testicular cancer, and you know he he handled it well and did did good things after with it. Yep. Um, after the show ended in two thousand three, he actually got to guest host on uh, David Letterman oh. for for a month. He was a guest host in June of two thousand three. He actually got a late night talk show spot hosting on MTV called the new Tom Green show. Um, and Letterman, he said was like one of his heroes and he can't believe, like he said, that's the most incredible thing he can't believe he got to do was host Letterman. He also did like film vignettes, I think for Jay Leno and did some other stuff. Um, but really after, after the Tom Green show, he tried to become more mainstream, I guess. Um, and less, of like the shock comedy because he said it was just tiring being that character. Like he would have interviews and he would have to go up and like start screaming and things and just being in character the whole time and didn't want to do that. From 2006 to 2011, he hosted a show in his house, in his living room called Tom Green's house tonight. (laughs) And one of the things that was famous for this is uh, apparently people on 4chan didn't like the show or something or because he had like a paywall up for it. And so they started like ordering pizzas to his house and sending like the police there and random stuff. Oh, geez. Which led to a famous uh, or infamous. I don't know. That sounds like something that he would have done to people. Right. Uh, It led to something in 2009 where he put a blog post up, which I managed to find. It was deleted, but saved on the Wayback Machine. Yes. The Wayback Machine is awesome. Uh, and I found this. It's his note to these pranksters. <laughs> if I may read it. Also, to the prankers out there, a quick note I wanted to pass along. I like you guys and your attitude, but anything that goes too far will be addressed legally. We have already been in touch with Cyber Crimes Division of the FBI, and we will have a computer forensics expert now on the case. <laughs> Any threats or illegal behavior will be prosecuted to the fullest extent. And guess what? We are now able to obtain anybody's IP address, even on supposed websites where you think those IP addresses are blocked. Guess what? They're not. So let's keep it cool and have some fun because I really don't want anyone to get in trouble because of our little show. 
I know sometimes when you're young, you can end up making decisions in the moment that you later regret. Consider it a warning. We have a very serious computer forensics team on the case starting today. You will be found and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Keep it cool. Go prank C-SPAN and send me the tape. It's like, it sounds like, it's like the thing I think it's, maybe it's on Family Guy or it's the onions, like old man yells at the yeah. cloud. Like, it just sounds like we have the cyber crimes unit of the FBI here. Like, really, you got that coming to your house, dude? Yeah, and it's also so like opposite of how he is on all of this other stuff. Right. <laughs> oh God. So yeah, that's uh if you want to find that, it's on the Wayback Machine. You can find the <laughs> and you can also find the clip. And Tom Green's house tonight was mostly like he had guests and stuff that he would interview, right? Yeah, it was it was like a talk show sort yeah. of thing. <clears throat> so he had that. He was also on the Celebrity Apprentice in two thousand nine. He said it kind of demystifies the presidency now and that <laughs> When he thinks about that guy yelling at him, he just says, I should have gone after all those jobs I didn't think I was qualified for, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, man. I assume he got fired? He did. He did not continue it. Did you know that he claims that he invented planking? I didn't know that. <laughs> I just read that right the second on Wikipedia. <laughs> it, it says that he claimed he invented it in 1994. <laughs> Whatever. So, unlike most of the shows that we have talked about so far, this one does not have a reboot. Thank fucking God. I'm actually kind of shocked by that. Yeah? It seems like in the world we're in today where there's, like, the trolls, people had to troll everything, it seems like it would fit in well. But do you think that he would do that? No, he's, he's even said that, like, if YouTube was around when he started, he would not have had a show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does, however, have a podcast. Uh, I saw a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called the Tom Green Podcast, and I looked it up, and there's really just a handful of episodes. It looked like it started in January of this year, and most of the episodes are like between 6 and 15 minutes, <laughs> although there are a couple that are a little bit longer, and I think he's maybe still in just like a test phase or something because a lot of the episodes specifically say test on them. But a few said Seattle, and so I listened to those ones, and he was basically just like, this is what my podcast is. Like, I have this app, and I'm going to record things, and I'm going to get a better microphone. <laughs> so it sounds like us. <laughs> Except he's just talking to himself. Actually, in the first Seattle one, he was, like, in a radio station and, like, talking to people that were, like, walking by. Okay. Like people who worked there who were expecting him because yeah. he was going to be doing like an interview. But yeah. Anyway, he is also doing basically just like stand up and stuff. He was in Seattle when he was doing that podcast stuff because he had a live show over in Bellevue. Okay. And then he has a residency at Harrah's in Las Vegas. And I actually did look at his tour calendar and he's coming back to Washington in it was either October or November we to Tacoma. Go. Oh, we should still go. It's the like main comedy club in Tacoma. Yeah, we should go to that. <laughs> I wonder what... I didn't listen to any of his recent comedy, but I kind of wonder he what it's like. He rails on social media and stuff like that. Like, oh, he, really? He thinks it's a detriment to society. Hmm. But he still partakes in it because <laughs> he has Twitter and Instagram and all that. Yeah, so I, I listened to a little bit of it. It's not bad. It's not good. Yeah, it's something. He looks a lot different than you think he looks now. Because, like, this show, his look is very 90s. Yeah, his hair, he has, like, this sort of bleach thing going on. It's, like, fringe hair, too. It's like yeah. just, like, floppy over his face. Yeah. And the goatee. Yeah. The oversized clothes. Yeah. Why did we, why was that a phase for like the world? Why were we like, you know what we should do? Not wear clothes that fit. <laughs> it was either clothes are too big or they're too small. Yeah. In the 90s. Like all the cropped top stuff for yeah. girls and yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> and so that wraps it up for us for the mess that is the Tom Green show. I'm so glad. I'm so glad this is over. <laughs> I feel, Honestly, I feel like we were meaner to Saved by the Bell. Possibly. I think we were. <laughs> but to be fair, Zach Morris is trash. 
Yeah. I mean, we rated these episodes lower, though, I think. We did, but, like, Zach Morris is out there ruining lives. Tom Green didn't ruin anyone's life. <laughs> Fair enough. So, in the scheme of things, Tom Green ranks higher than Zach Morris. <laughs> and probably uh, Slater. Slater is pretty sexist. Oh, yeah. Slater was definitely sexist. Yeah, that's one thing. I didn't actually see any sexist stuff in either of these episodes. In fact, all of the women he was very nice to. Yeah. And, you know, he had Drew Barrymore when it was like the height of her popularity. So Yeah. Good on him. <laughs> didn't work out for you, kiddo, but whatever. Say kiddo. kiddo. He's 46. <laughs> 47? He's 47. 47. Anyway. Young buck. <laughs> So next week, we're going to be doing another Nickelodeon game show, Legends of the Hidden Temple. It's a show that is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Yes. The Halloween, after we first became friends, we had a costume where we were contestants. Yeah. What was the word? <laughs> I don't, contestants, I think. Yeah. Participants? I don't Participants. know. We were the Blue Barracudas. Yes. But I, I have my shirt still. We don't have a picture from that. No, we don't. That's unfortunate. It is. I have the I have the shirt. I don't think I have the helmet. I know I gave the helmet to Goodwill. I don't know what I did with the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to choose two episodes of that and talk about some features of the show that are infuriating. Are you talking about the Shrine of the Silver Monkey? Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So we'll post whatever those episodes are on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are TFGIF Podcast everywhere. If you are listening to us at all you should rate us it helps other people find us and it makes me feel good on the inside yeah it's always nice to read a review but even you know just throwing us some stars those are good too ideally five of them ideally five yes <laughs> i'll accept four but you have to have a good reason yeah <laughs> so yeah that is all for this week and until next friday bye, bye.